0: Let us pray. Father, may the words I'm about to speak bring honor and glory to your name. Amen. This morning, uh, we learned from Trey, fleeing the Lord is foolish, and the mercy of the Lord is relentless. Also this morning, Trey shared from the book of Jonah, Jonah's flight from God. I read from Jonah 1.10. Then the men became extremely frightened, and they said to him, how could you do this? For the men knew he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them so. And they said to him, What should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. Of eternity, we may think and even foolishly attempt uh, to run from God. Though we run, there, there is no hiding. And and as there is no hiding, there's not a life here that does not experience its share of stormy seas. For God will use the winds, the waves, the storms, and even a point, the most unlikely to redirect our path to what is for our good and brings Him the greatest glory. For He's truly sovereign over over every wave, over every wind, over every storm, and uses perfect purpose. I begin this evening with a most personal reflection about the summer of my college years were spent working as a mate aboard Salty, a 52-foot charter fishing boat registered in Morehead City, North Carolina. That experience taught me a great deal about many things. Perhaps the most significant was true awe of the ocean and respect for storms. I quickly learned that storms are inevitable. Some you see coming and some take you completely by surprise. I also learned storms can come quickly, be violent, frightening, either small and deadly or long, tiresome, noisy, and annoying. Some come without warning, turning day into night, yet each in their own unique way may be absolutely breathtaking in their magnificence and in their passing, bring a sense of calm. Yet it is within the storm where and when our prior decisions, our preparation, and our quipping for the inevitable is so essential, and where and when calm is so desperately desired and sought. That leads me to this evening's verse in Luke 8. First, some context. Luke is the third book in the New Testament. Perhaps more than any gospel writer, Luke wrote his gospel based on historical investigations. In his gospel account, we learn that Jesus has begun his public ministry in Galilee and news about him has spread throughout the territory quite rapidly. Crowds were forming to hear him teach. Jesus was traveling with his disciples and in Luke 8, 1, we learn Jesus was proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. He was teaching in parables, his authority being validated by healing the sick, healing lepers, casting out evil spirits, even raising the dead. That backdrop brings me to the point where Jesus has finished teaching and has joined the disciples in a boat for a journey across the Sea of Galilee for further ministry to the people of Gezerim. It's important to note that it is Jesus himself who says to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And in doing so, he gets in the boat and falls asleep. No doubt, in his humanity, he's exhausted from the demands of ministry, yet by no means ever giving up his divine sovereignty and authority and power. Equally important to note that the men in the boat with Jesus were quite familiar with boats, sails, sailing, changing winds, navigation, the treachery of the sea, the abrupt storms and unpredictable dangers of waters in the shallows and the deeps. Yet, perhaps, more importantly, they weren't fully aware of who was in the boat with them. The master, the one through whom all things were created, God himself in human flesh. From the sand on the shore to the sticks that made the boat to the sea that they floated on to the evening sky above to the billowing frothy green waves and ominous winds and clouds, barreling down the hillside to the shore, Jesus was master over every single bit of it. Even the disciples, every breath and heartbeat was of him. So if you would turn to your ministry guide or in your Bible and follow along as I read Luke eight twenty-four, And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and raging waves. And they ceased, and there was a calm. Again, I read 824. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke, rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. My summary statement of this verse is as follows. He is master over all storms and Lord and Savior to all who come to him for eternal life. So let me repeat this summary statement, for from it I have but one observation and one application. Again, the summary statement, he is master over all storms, and Lord and Savior to all who come to him for eternal life. My observation is this, storms are inevitable. In fact, We all are either approaching a storm, in the midst of a storm, or coming out of a storm. Not only are storms inevitable, storms come with God's permission. They come in all sizes, in all shapes, all seasons of life, and vary in duration and intensity. Consider his servant Job. The Bible tells us Job was a man blameless, upright, fearing God, turning away from evil, yet what did Job encounter? Yes, a significant storm in the form of loss of family, wealth, health, and even Job's response. Yet even Job's response says it all. Upon hearing the news, he fell to the ground and worshiped. <laughs> and in Jonah 1.4, God's word says, the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea so the ship was about to break up. Yes, friend, God permits storms. Some storms we see coming, and yet others seemingly come from what moments earlier appeared to be blue skies and comfortable, fair sailing weather, in which we feel confident in ourselves navigating, but truly, weather does change. For such is life, point Point in case, the loss of a long-held coveted position and its pension, a crippling car wreck, the death of a child, an unfaithful spouse, the rebellion of a teenager, an unhealthy habit that becomes a lifestyle, the betrayal of a faithful friend, a call from the doctor's office with an urgent request for additional tests, a collapse of a fruitful ministry, a proposal that never comes, a parent no longer able to take care of themselves, a global pandemic that turns everything familiar and trusted upside down. You get the point. Storms are inevitable. They come in all sizes, shapes, and all seasons of life, some a sad result of our own sin. Perhaps not obvious nor welcomed at the time of the storm, All storms do have a purpose, perhaps on a hot day to cool down the temperature, to refresh an arid desert, or even to refill a dry stream. (laughs) The storm bringing about necessary change that perhaps could come about no other way but with and through a storm. It's important not to miss the purpose of our storms, nor waste its benefit. For we we know through scripture that God's own, the testing of our faith, produces endurance and endurance its perfect result. Also, we learn in Romans 8, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Yet it is our prior preparation and equipping that is essential in determining our response to the inevitable. For one does not successfully get ready for the storm during the storm, but rather safety and security is in knowing where and in whom to place our faith, for only there true shelter lies. I share but one application from this observation, that is to call upon the only one who is able, willing, and desirous to bring calm to the storms that is either approaching, that you currently find yourself in the midst of, or a storm that you've just come through. God's word in Psalms 121 says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. And in 2 Samuel 22, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me. And torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me and snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, to the Lord I called. And in Isaiah 25, for you have been a defense to the helpless, a defense for the needy, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. Friend, I don't pretend to know your storm, yet I do know the one who does and the only one able and willing to bring calm. His name is Jesus. Listen as I read Luke 8:25. He said to them, "Where is your faith?" And they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, "Who then is this that he commands even winds and water and they obey him?" Friend call on him, the one who even winds and water obey. All things came into being through him, even storms. Yet in him is life and no matter the weather. He's the one who never tires of hearing and responding to our cry. Point in case, when the disciples awoke him with their cry, we are perishing. Jesus didn't rebuke the disciples, but instead he rebuked the wind and the waves. And they ceased, and there was a calm. God's word tells us we are all sinners, desperately separated from a holy God. And there is salvation in none other than Jesus Christ. For only his blood shed at the cross pays the debt of our sin, all of it, past, present, and future, as confirmed by his resurrection. All who have placed their faith in Jesus by his grace alone will be saved and reconciled to the Father, receiving the gift of eternal life, avoiding the most horrific storm of all, eternal torment in hell, separated from the Most High God. There in the lake of fire, the weather never changes, nor does one have another opportunity to chart another course. Mark 1:15 says, repent, turn away and flee your sin. Believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's word doesn't simply promise someday in the distant future eternity, we will have and know life and peace. No, instead, The word invites us to now embrace everlasting life that otherwise would be impossible without the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In closing, if you're here tonight and a follower of Jesus, yet experiencing no calm in the midst of your storm, I encourage you to come alongside another brother and sister in Christ within our fellowship. And if you're here tonight and don't know or even unsure if you do know this Christ or or if he knows you, please do not leave without talking to the one whom you came with or to myself or another member of this fellowship about knowing him, his gift of forgiveness, salvation, and promise of eternal life. Yes, friends, storms are inevitable. The weather is changeable. But greater than the storm, the winds, and its raging waves is the Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He never changes. Let us pray. Father, thank you for gathering us here tonight to hear and respond to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are compassionate and gracious and merciful. We ask that you'd not allow anyone who has heard this message to be deceived by holding on to their sin or unbelief. O Lord, it's you that wonderfully did create us, and yet even more wonderfully you make us new. All who call on you, confess their sin, repent, and believe in you. We thank you for the truth of your holy word, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.